The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to move from your good life to one that is amazing? Then you've tuned in to the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, Senior Minister of First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you the tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is amazing. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Good afternoon, everyone, and happy Monday. I'm Temple Hayes, and I would like to welcome you to From Good to Amazing. Another thing I like about this show is some of you might remember many years ago, it was called Rainy Days and Mondays Get Me Down. Well, here at Unity Online Radio, Mondays get us up and enthusiastic about our lives and how we can have this amazing life. I am so happy about our guest today because he is a long-term friend of mine, a wonderful colleague, someone that walks his talk and teaches all of us how to have an amazing life through the various books that he has written, Dennis Merritt Jones. So Dennis, welcome to our show today. I am so thrilled that you are here. Hey, Sister Temple, thank you for inviting me. It's an honor and a pleasure to be with you today. Well, as a matter of fact, I wanted you to know, because I don't know that I've ever told you this, but I use your book frequently, The Art of Being, and that's why I'm so excited now about your new book, The Art of Uncertainty, because there's so many great stories and jewels and gems in there that can be used uh, during my talk or the various things that I that I present. And I was working with a concept this week about sitting in the unknown and the mystery of of I don't know. And I think that's a very powerful concept for people that are amazing because there has to be a letting go place uh, for people that are being in that ordinary of wanting to control and wanting to be in charge, that they find a new place of, you know what, I don't need to know. There's something so magical getting ready to happen in my life, and I'm excited. I'm going to go get popcorn <laughs> and sit this one through, and I'm going to observe that. You're the teacher about that. So tell us, Dennis, about the place in your life that you've moved from, I don't have to know everything. God does. Well, I, I don't know if there's anybody listening who's a... a uh a control freak, but uh, that was my nature. I had a black belt in trying to control everyone and everything for years, and what I discovered is that uh, uh, when we try to control things, especially things like the future that we can't, we have absolutely no control over other than the thoughts that we introduce in the moment, we suffer a lot. And the, the, the book, The Art of Being, the subtitle really is what it's about. It's 101 ways to practice purpose in your life. And uh, The Art of Uncertainty is really a guidebook on how to get there to that place of fulfilling purpose. And the reality is that your purpose uh, is to be the vessel through which and as which the presence of the infinite God uh, moves and has its being in a way that gives it unique expression through us and as us. In order to do that, we have to let go of preconceived ideas of what that should look like um, <clears throat> because life is always happening in the moment. And so to, to be willing and able to step into the, very, the, the present moment, we understand that's where all creation takes place. We are creating our tomorrow today 
And I know that's not news for anybody who's listening. However, when we step into the, that field of uncertainty, as Chopra referred to it, we step into the field of all possibilities because the universe is conspiring, waiting for us to form a template in consciousness into which it may pour itself as a demonstration, as a manifestation. And we can't do that if we are uh, stuck in the past or stuck in a rut. You know, the interesting thing about... <clears throat> about life, about uh, the theme of the book, The Art of Uncertainty, is that we were born from the ethers of an eternal mystery. We were born from a mystery, and we come here and we, our bodies uh, take residence, or our, our souls take residence in these, these vessels we call bodies, in which it you know, uh, travels through life for a given number of years, and then it lays the vessel aside and goes back to the ethers from which it came. That in itself is a mystery. And what happens between the time we get here and the time we leave is, is how we uh, move through the mystery with that openness that allows us to experience the true meaning and purpose of life. So the, being, being willing to step into the, the moment, the mystery, every day is a key element. And the reality is that, that we've been living in a mystery from the day we were born. And we don't like to admit it. We don't want. We we pretend that that it's not, but it is. Mm-hmm. And you think about it. When, when we entered the Earth School mystery as children, we were totally open to the mystery of uncertainty, with a willingness to explore the unknown. Look at any two-year-old toddler, and you'll see their willingness to explore, explore the unknown. And then, as we grow older, we begin to become more and more uh, comfortable in a box of the known, of of the certainties of life, and that box becomes the the, the restricting element that begins to define our lives. And if we live in a box for a long enough period of time, we get stuck in a rut in, in different areas of our lives. And the deeper the rut, well, you know the old saying, a rut is a grave with no ends on it. <laughs> yeah, and, and so, so we, true. We, mm-hmm. we have to be able to rise out of the rut into to the creation of something new, which requires us to enter into the unknown. So and that's, that's what really I love about your work, Dennis, is that, you know, because um, a lot of people get into this, uh, you know, wave of thinking and wave of being, and, and I like to call it, you know, lecture physics. I mean, the first level is metaphysics <laughs> and understanding that. And the second level is lecture physics. People that show up, they go to classes, they go to workshops and things like that. Yes. And, and all that's wonderful, and we do uh, release and let go of some old belief systems and things like that. It kind of happens by default, really, if we keep showing up enough and we keep hearing enough sound bites enough and everything. But what I've found in my own life is that it can only take me so far. You know, and it doesn't mean I still don't do it because it's good stuff. But it could only take me so far because what needed to really happen was the, the depth of the experience within my own being. And what I love about your work is that you're giving people the tools to dig deeper, to go deeper, to journal, to really look at this, to look at changing, you know, how you hold yourself. And it, what people, I think, sometimes forget, it's not a, oh, I got it one time, I got the ticket, I got it, and it's done. Every day is about being in the, the art of uncertainty, of looking at your life, looking at what you say about yourself or what you affirm or, or how you hold certain beliefs that, that aren't about creating amazing in the first place, but they're very limited. I catch myself like once a week going, God, I can't believe I'm saying that. Where did that go? Our languaging has to change, right. doesn't it? That's why at the end of each chapter, in both The Art of Being and The Art of Uncertainty, I put mindfulness practices that allow you to really apply in your life that day the the principles and the ideas being presented in that writing. It's all about practicing. You know, It's all about remembering to remember. Ernest Holmes had a great statement in the Science of Mind textbook. He said, realization without application is hallucination. Yeah, <laughs> which re- which really means if we, we can we can sit and have divine realizations, which a lot of us do it in lecture physics, as you refer to it. But until we learn to apply that in our daily lives in real time, where it becomes secondary nature to us, uh, we may as well just go hallucinate someplace because the principles don't do us a hoot of good unless we 
take them out of our head and into our heart and into the application of our daily lives. And that is being able and willing to step into the mystery, knowing that you're, every human being, as a matter of fact, every living thing on this planet is here on purpose. There, we were not put here by mistake. We're, we were not put here just to suck air and jam stuff down our pie holes until the day we leave the planet. We're here to fulfill a purpose of being the place where life happens in a new and fresh and exciting way every day. Mm. And in order, in order to do that, we have to be willing to understand how the universe works and to uh, partner with it in becoming a cooperative, willing participant in life expressing its newness on a daily basis. Holmes referred to... Uh, this creative urge that that is imbued in every living thing, and that creative urge is is that infinite desire to push out and evolve and expand and become more of what it is. And we don't have to look any further than our our fingernails or our hair or anything in nature to see that that life force is pushing out, and that it, it is doing that by means of us. And Holmes referred to the. Uh, the polar opposite of that, or the complement of the creative urge, as the, the the universal imperative, which is grow or die. And if we're not growing, if we're resisting growing, there's a part of us that's beginning to the life force is beginning to re, re, rescind. If if we're not growing, there's, we're we're sending a signal to the universe that we're done here, and we mm-hmm. have to be very careful about that. Which is why it's important to continue to be teachable and open. Uh, to applying new ideas in our, in our daily lives. I like to think of, you know, it's like I use the analogy of a puzzle, you know, a lot of times. And if you if you won't ever consider a new puzzle with a new image on it, and you're just determined to keep the puzzle with the same pieces, after a while, things start peeling off. The puzzle becomes worn out, right? And that's what happens, you know, in our lives. Along with what you're talking about, I just had an experience of that just just a few weeks ago that I was um, teasing some of my friends. We were going somewhere, and they were talking about what they were wearing. And I, I said, oh, well, you know, that will work for you because you're a girly girl. Oh, yeah, you know, you're, you're beautiful, and you're this, and you're pretty, and you're a, you're a girly girl. But for me, uh, I've never been a girly girl. And I stopped, and I went, why have I been affirming this for myself? Um, and what is that about? Oh, does that still go back to the homecoming prom? You know, when I was 17, I was popular and the girl was the pretty girly girl, but I just had this huge aha. And it was so hysterical for me and so freeing in what you're talking about of showing up new. And it's like, oh my gosh, I had been claiming and keeping myself stuck in this paradigm. So it's so funny here in our community because I went to New Orleans and I bought myself all these little fancy pump shoes. (laughs) I like that. You know, these high heels that Tina Turner would probably even like to wear. And I, you know. I'm fine in them too. I went shopping. (laughs) I went shopping and, and I've got this whole new look. And people are going, what? It's I mean, up with you. And I said, but, but see, I broke through a paradigm. That's exactly know? right. And, and again, what you did was you announced to the universe that you are open to expanding your, your, your image of who you are, who you're projecting onto the screen yes. of life. And the yes. universe says, yes. You know, there's a great quote by Deepak Chopra I love. It's in, it's in The Art of Uncertainty. He writes, I have projected the same images day after day, becoming a prisoner to the known. But the known is dead and past now, and I must buy my ticket to freedom by embracing the fresh and unknown. And that's exactly wow. what Can you're you talking Can you say that again? I mean, that was just like, that was very rich. Could you say yeah. that again? I have projected the same images Day after day. And just, let me insert something there. Think about, for the listeners right now, think about how much of our lives to today are being uh, created from our experience yesterday. That's what he's referring to. We're on that treadmill, the same thing, the same thing. I have projected the same images after day after day, becoming a prisoner to the known. That's living in that box. But the known is dead and past now, 
and I must buy my ticket to freedom by embracing the fresh and unknown. Mm. See, here's, the, here's the formula. This is the way I think the universe works. When we're stuck in a box, we can't create anything new from within the field of what we already know. If we're living in that sense of limitedness, if we're living in that sense of un, being unwilling to explore something we don't know about or to experience something new, what we're doing is we're trying to create something new out of the field of what we already know, and that's an impossibility. The only way we can create something new in our lives is to step into out of the box and into the unknown, which all infinite possibilities exist waiting for us to draw them into our experience via consciousness. And that's scary. People are frightened to step into the unknown because we've been taught to fear. Well, that's a rich subject if you want to talk about it. We've been taught to fear that which we can't see. Mm. And you think about it, when we were children, we, only, we were born with two basic fears, the fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. Other than that, Temple, every fear that we have was acquired. We learned it. And, and my, I propose that what we learn, we can unlearn. Oh, totally. Absolutely. We sure can. Thank heavens that we can. Man, and the question is, are, are we willing to stop projecting the same images of ourselves and the lives that, that we're living day after day with a willingness to step into the fresh and unknown as Chopra refers to it. I love that think about, statement. Think, that about, is... think about the boxes that we keep ourselves prisoners to the known in. They may differ from person to person, but, but it, for example, in our relationships or in our jobs, even the food we eat or the restaurants we go to or the TV programs we watch, we get comfortable because we know uh, we live in the field of, of what we can expect from that relationship or from that career. And in that, we automatically begin, the life force begins to withdraw if we are not uh, allowing ourselves to bring something new into those uh, areas. Mm, that is so, so very powerful and so true, isn't it? I mean, and just that that fear thing, I love that acronym of fear is, um, for me, it was the one that you're talking about of a an experience actually, you know, realizing itself. But to me, it was about a former experience actually repeating. There's a lot of that going on. So the acronym of fear is a former experience actually repeating. So maybe someone attempted to sing one time or they were in love and their heart was quote-unquote you know, breaking or whatever. And so they're afraid or limited to do it again because they um, are projecting that the past is going to repeat over and over and over again um, into the future. This is a very rich idea, and I know that all of you are enjoying the richness of Dennis Merritt-Jones. You can go to his website, DennisMerritt-Jones.com. You can find out about his books and his wonderful work as he travels all over the world and does trips and tours. He is all that. I'm Temple Hayes, and I want to say thank you for listening to us today, and we will be right back following this break. Unity Online Radio is affiliated with Unity, a nonprofit organization specializing in prayer, publishing, and spiritual education. If you enjoy our programming and would like to support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now to make a contribution. You can make a one-time or recurring monthly donation. Thank you. Many people, like myself, desire more out of life. I want more out of my work, my daily interactions, and my relationships, including my connection with the divine. 
So when I found Unity House's new book by the Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard called Good Questions, a lot of things started making sense. Dear Tom, how can I believe in the integrity of God if I can't believe in my own integrity? From K.A. in Iowa. Dear K.A., God's goodness is independent of your highs and lows, but lighten up on yourself, my friend. Everybody has gloomy spells in their moral and spiritual life. Everyone makes mistakes. Self-doubt is endemic to the species Homo sapiens. People tend to doubt themselves and to be their own worst critics. All people fall short of their goals. In fact, that's one of the classic definitions of sin. But making mistakes, even really, really bad ones, does not define who you are. You are Imago Dei. The spiritual image and likeness of God, the divine spirit within, is your true identity, now and forever. Dr. Tom's an expert in metaphysical Christianity who is sometimes passionate, sometimes funny, but always ready to tackle the agonizing questions about life and our spiritual path. His book, Good Questions, Answering Letters from the Edge of Doubt, is a must-read for those of us who listen to his show here on Unity FM or read his column in Unity Magazine. Get your copy today online at unity.org and click on the shop link. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach for weekly inspiration on ways to identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, where your purpose is your prosperity. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at amazing at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. Today, my guest is Dennis Merritt Jones. He's a famous author. He travels. He gives tours. He is amazing. And he's here to tell us about a process that he has gone through himself and how he has moved from good to amazing. Because, as you recall, we are talking about fear. Dennis, tell us your process. Well, you know, the one thing that uh, that any of the boxes, as I said, that we get stuck in, the one thing that they all have in common is they keep us from coming to the edge of uncertainty. They keep us from coming to the edge of something new, of, of the mystery, of the unknown, where life is waiting to accompany us into the mystery of that which is yet to be, where that's the creative field where, where new things grow. And generally, people are brought to the edge of uncertainty by one of two things, either desperation or inspiration. And regardless of the motivation that brings us to the edge of our uncertainty, once we're there, the principles that support us in stepping into the unknown are exactly the same. But we have to transcend one thing, and that is, of course, fear. So the question, you know, we, it has to be how do we access and activate these principles in a manner that serves us on our journey into the land of uncertainty? And without question, I think for most of us, it's a conscious willingness to come to the edge and lean over. And that means looking our fears directly in the face. So the question I'd ask your, your, your listeners is, can you identify any area of your life today, in this moment, where it's obvious to you that you're stuck in a box or in that proverbial rut? If you can, if you find a place like that, are you willing to just come to the edge and lean over that edge with me for the next couple of minutes? So just for a moment, hold whatever that place in your life looks like where there is that sense of knowing you're you're in a box and there's something more for you to do whether you're being pushed into that, that box out of that box by desperation or you're being called by inspiration for just a, a greater expression regardless of, of whether that which brings you to the edge is motivated by desperation or inspiration the first obstacle you must meet is most likely for most of us fear. Now, you gave an interesting acronym, uh, Temple for Fear. I have another acronym for you that uh, people might uh, get a kick out of too. F E A R. Forget everything and run. 
which <laughs> oh god, I'm writing that one down. I love which that. Is what, when things pop up in front of us that scare us, we tend to go unconscious and we react rather than respond, and we turn and we run from it as fast as we can. In our daily lives, that can look like running into uh, the liquor cabinet, you know, or the refrigerator, or doing all the things we do to avoid dealing with the fears. The first thing we have to do is understand is fear is not a bad thing. The, the, the challenge is that somewhere along the line, the line got blurred between what we should be fearing and what we shouldn't be fearing. Because the fact is, most of us wouldn't have made it into adulthood if we didn't have some fears that we, that we listened to in our lives. We survived. Fear is a survival tool. But we have to begin to discern where we are re, reacting to fear mindlessly. And the first step is uh, to finding stability on the edge is to be able to identify your fear by calling it out of the dark corners of your mind and your creative imagination and into the light of conscious self-inquiry. And the fact is that nothing scares us more than that which we can't see. So just take a breath and consider whatever it is that may have you stuck in that box keeping you from stepping into the unknown, into the mystery of, of, of new creation in your life. And it's important to understand that fear is not out there somewhere. Fear is an emotion that rises from within us that is stimulated by what we may or may not be able to see out there. So fear is not something that exists outside of us. Fear rises from within us when we when it's when it is stimulated by something that's going on around us. So the practice is to learn not to forget everything and run away when our fears identify themselves, and they will if we go into self inquiry, but to run toward it. In the East the the the, the teaching is the learn to dance with your fear. That means be able to bring it into the light, stand eye to eye with it toe-to-toe, and begin to literally embrace it and dance with it and get close to it. That doesn't mean that you're not still experiencing fear, but you're able to look it in the face when you're doing it. And it's not about getting rid of the fear. It's learning how to lead the dance. So what you do is you embrace that fear, just ever so slightly, and you whisper in its ear, and you say to that fear, teach me. Guide me. What is it you're in my life for me to know? And if we listen, we'll discover that all fear is attached to a concern of loss of some sort. At some level, whatever, behind the fear, there's a concern of loss, whether it's a, a lot, concern of loss of uh, our lives, a loved one, our material possessions, our job, uh, our home, uh, you know, our lifestyle, our titles. <laughs> Behind all fear is a concern of loss of some sort. And it's an attachment. And attachment causes suffering. So just by seeing your fear for what it is or what it's not puts you in a place of power where you can choose to respond to it rather than react to it. And the simple action of bringing your mind, your thoughts, back into alignment with where your body is. Because when we fear things, our mind goes way out in front of our bodies. So we bring our minds back into alignment with our bodies, and it places us in the present moment. That is where our point of power is. And the present moment is where and when we can access a power for good, if you want to call it that, or a power that is far greater than ourselves. And, of course, that's God. It's presence whatever term we want to use on it. But the point is this. In the face of fear, being aware of the presence in the present will set you free. That does not mean your fear will go away, but it means that you will understand why it's in your life, what you can learn from it, and how to transcend it. It means that you have access to principles, to tools, and a power to move beyond it. And you know what? In that moment, in that moment of realization, 
all of a sudden, living in the, 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 the uncertainty of the mystery becomes more of an exciting expedition or an adventure into your own untapped potential that lies outside of your box that you'll never discover until you get outside of the box. And we're fully able to anchor ourselves in the present and, and the presence, meaning the infinite intelligence of God, in the present moment. We align with a life force that knows how to sustain us better than we do. And if you mm, really want to witness, you really, if you really want to witness that principle at work, go look at nature, and you'll see it. Amazing how ma- nature sustains itself. It knows how to do whatever needs to be done through each living thing to sustain it and to cause it to thrive. That same yes. principle resides within us. That's so true. Um, Dennis, what were some of the uh, books or works early on that supported you or woke you up or enlighten you to a new reality to move from where you once were to becoming um, such a leading teacher on new thought principles? Well, I, I, that's a, a fair question because it's it's pretty diverse. Clearly, uh, for me, you know, the teachings of Ernest Holmes and the Fillmore's was fundamental. It was the foundation for it. Uh, and as I... Uh, as you know, I ran a spiritual community for 23 years before I retired and went into doing what I'm doing now full-time. And I learned that, that the, only, the best way to continue to grow is to teach. And so I continued to teach what I needed to know. And uh, I learned to interpret the Bible totally differently. Uh, it's a powerful, powerful tool to use when we read it in the right context and understanding the idioms and the metaphor uh, of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I, I, I explored uh, Buddhism in a deep way in the uh, early 90s, and that really, really helped me find the link between the new thought teachings of, of unity and uh, science of mind with a, a much more ancient and profound, uh, not, not, not necessarily more profound, but older teaching of, of uh, the wisdom of Buddha which is all about mindfulness. So what, what became probably one of the key elements for my growth was learning how to practice mindfulness. Now, mindfulness is, is in, in Sanskrit, the word mindfulness would be smriti. And what that means is just remember to come back. It's a simple practice. And the remembrance is what? Come back to what? Come back to this moment and come back to the awareness of the presence of God and our unity with it and it as it. So, you know, as far as individual books, Chopra uh, has amazing writings. Uh, Gary Zukoff's a friend of mine, and, and I was greatly influenced by his uh, writings, The Seat of the Soul, uh, Dancing Woolly Masters. Um, you've got a, good, a great book out now, too, that is uh, doing great things in the unity movement. So, you know, there's tons of material available to anyone who's willing to know that there's more for them to know. <laughs> I guess that's the key is to stay teachable. And don't let the knowing get in the way of our growing, right? <laughs> oh, I love it, yeah. You know, I, I've always loved that uh, refrigerator um, magnet. It's what I learned after I thought I knew it all that uh, seemed to matter in my life. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's you know that's that's a key point is to remember that as long as you're in a human skin, there'll be more to know. And the minute you think you know it all, you have hit a brick wall. And again, when you think you know it all, you're telling the universe that you're done here because you need to. The, the principle is you got to continue to be open to growth if you want to thrive and live. And when you are saying that you know it all, you think there's nothing more to to ascend to. Uh, you're telling the universe that your your purpose is done here. <laughs> so be mindful of that. Mm-hmm. You were talking of while we were taking a break about where people are sitting with being bombarded with information of fear, scarcity, and lack. And I'm sure that there are a lot of people out in our audience today that are coming from 
instead of the place of discernment, uh, being concerned about, you know, because we're just, they're just hyped with all this information all the time of instead of the best is yet to come, which is a place and a practice in where we are living, being in the world but not of it. So many people in mass consciousness live in the place of, oh, it's only going to get worse from here. Share some wisdom about that from the art of uncertainty, Dennis. Well, the, the, the world will always have its opinion. And the, the media thrives on fear. If you, if you think about it, you go back to some basic elements about, about the, how the world works, at least the Western world, <clears throat> is that I think we're raised essentially in a shame-based society. Shame, now, to, just to put that in context, let me share the difference between shame and guilt. Guilt is a feeling that you've made a mistake about something. Shame is a feeling you are a mistake, that you're fundamentally invalid, you're an invalid. And, and the, the way that, that uh, uh, Main Street USA works, the marketing and whatnot, and, and how the media works is that they're, they're there to convince you that you're not whole, that there's something missing, and that when you, when you buy their product or do what they say to do, then you will have achieved that that uh, that life of of worth living, and we as long as we continue to live in a mindset that there's something missing, there will be because we're always becoming cause to our own effect. And if we go back to universal principles, we understand that if we are one with God and God is the source of all good, and I truly believe this, that the universe conspires to support all living things that are on purpose, that are doing what they're called here to do. When we align with that universal principle, we understand that our good doesn't come from our job. Our good doesn't come from winning the lottery or, or our spouse's uh, job. Our good comes from the life force, the universe, and that when we get out of the way, and just witness how, again, how it works in nature. When we get out of the way and, and allow that infinite intelligence that, that guides everything in, in the universe to move through us naturally and to follow the wisdom of its guidance, we not only survive, we thrive. And the media, the world, is so stuck in duality, in fear of... I mean, if you're living in shame that... that if your fundamental underlying belief is, and you may not even be aware that it's there, is that I'm not enough, in that consciousness, how can you ever create enough of anything? Because if, you, if you're creating from a consciousness of not enough, you'll continue to create experiences that validate that, whether that's in relationships or in the economy and our physical wellness. There will always be something to validate our deepest beliefs. So it goes back to consciousness. How much time are you willing to invest in really, really doing the self-inquiry about your belief system and realize that your belief system didn't, wasn't created overnight. It was created over a period of years. However old you are, that's how long it took you to build your current belief system. And as the teacher, great teacher said, as within, so without, you know, as uh, it's done unto you as you believe. So a willingness to stand and really do self-inquiry about your deepest beliefs is where you start. And that's where spiritual communities like yours, Temple, the Unity uh, Centers and the Science and Mind Centers, that's where they come in because by becoming involved in communities like that, they're teaching communities and you learn how to redefine yourself. Many of us are walking around the planet as, hum- as adults uh, and we've been defined by our, the labels that have been put us, on us from the day we were born. And we never were taught that we were, growing up, very few of us were taught they were a sacred being, that we were a spiritual being before we were a human being. And so we go back to ground zero and begin to redefine ourselves as that spiritual being, understanding that we're here as a divine emanation of the one, so it could know itself more fully by means of our experience. And we are truly here as that wonderful and beautiful original idea 
Well, stay tuned after break because we have so much more information to share with you with Dennis Merritt-Jones, author of The Art of Being, How to Speak Science of Mind, and The Art of Uncertainty. I'm Temple Hayes. Thank you for supporting this program. Please continue to support Unity Online Radio. And as you enjoy these shows, share them with your friends, Facebook them, spread the good word. We'll be right back. Unity has designated 2011 as the Year of Abundant Living and has created a resource library to support you as you embrace your abundance. Hi, this is Rev. Robin Ryder, Senior Minister of Sacred Abundance Ministries and host of Sacred Abundance on Unity Online Radio. Are you looking for abundance in your finances, health, or relationships? Unity's Resource Library has a variety of tools to support you. Affirmations, articles, podcasts, books, and more. Everything you need to live your life abundantly. Join Unity for this year-long journey of abundance. Go to www.unity.org and click on the Abundant Living Resource Center. And of course, you can also tune in each week for my program, Sacred Abundance, as we learn and apply the essential spiritual principles to our real-world experiences. Join me on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. I'm loving my life. You better believe it. There's good all around, and I receive it. It seems like there's a lot of uncertainty out there about the economy these days. A lot of people have lost their jobs, and some have even lost their homes. So how do you stay positive with so many negative facts coming at you every day? That's what the program The Prosperous Life is all about. It inspires, uplifts, and reminds you of the truth that we live in an abundant universe supplied by an infinite giver. Hosted by Chris Michaels and Stephanie Pfeiffer Stone, this program takes the spiritual approach to creating and maintaining your faith in abundant living. Tune in Mondays at 11 a.m. Central Time to learn how to live the prosperous life on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm loving my life. You better believe it. There's good all around, and I receive it all my desire. We now return to From Good to Amazing with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Oh, welcome back, everyone. And I just want to take a moment to just give a special thanks to our audience. And and with this being a relatively new show of Birth in March, for you spreading the word. I'm so excited about that. And thank you for continuing to share this show with your friends because it's part of my life passion and part of the reason I feel that I'm, you know, living here is to share this message of how so many people settle for far less than that which they deserve. We're all here on this planet, as Dennis has been telling us repeatedly during this time. We're here to have an amazing life. And anything falling short of that simply means that we have bought an idea, we have adapted a belief system, we are letting our fears get in the way, or we're not willing to live in this great place of creation called the art of uncertainty. Dennis, it's just so fun talking with you and I always learn so much myself from your Thanks. conversations um, and I loved in in your book the reference that you made when you talk about the mystery of how all of us long to read a novel that is a mystery novel because you know we're looking forward to the absolute end of who did it and what happened and all that and that's the way I've just really adapted to live life every day like oh my gosh thank God for being God today what in the world is going to show up a phone call a gift from a friend a moment um my friendship with you is so rich you know and you're just such a role model to so many people out there in the movement of you know launching your book how to speak science of mind and 
so many people have a copy of that. If you don't, I would urge you to get that. It's just rich. And um, your difference in my life to move me forward in writing How to Speak Unity. I want to thank you for that, Dennis. You're just a beautiful um, human being, and I greatly appreciate the work that you're doing in the, in the world. But in your book, you're talking about how when you fear the I don't know place that you know, to look at a flower, it's perfect in its design. Um, to think about your last meal, that it's now becoming your fingernails or your hair or, you know, your organs. And how did God do that? It's so great when we just let God be God, isn't it, Dennis? Well, I guess what it really requires is um, divine surrender. <laughs> hmm and how do we do? You know, how do we how do we affect divine surrender? That's really <clears throat> that's really a um, a process of aligning with the just the simple awareness that God is all there is, and breathing into that, and being willing to witness that, and how it works in every area of our lives, as a fundamental experience. Um, you know, you mentioned that we love mysteries when we're reading them or watching a movie, and that when it comes to our own lives, we hate mysteries <laughs> mm-hmm. because we want to know how it's all going to end. And that puts our, when we, when, we, when we live in that place of putting our minds out in front of our bodies, uh, we can't experience the richness that each moment offers. And that's where, as I said earlier, that's where we're creating our tomorrows is in this moment. So, you know, just probably one of the best practices to understand how the universe conspires for our good and, our, and a willingness for uh, for allowing that good to move through us is go sit in nature. Sit next to, go, if you have a garden, go sit into, uh, in your garden, perhaps next to a rose bush, and just sit and breathe. The breath is so important because the breath is what links you to the present moment. And breathe and, and become the witness of a rose <clears throat> or a rose plant. And you'll notice that that rose, you'll never hear it grunt or force or strain itself to be what it is. That there is simply an intelligence within the stem of that rose that knows what it's supposed to be. And nobody has to force the rose to grow or to unfold and share its beauty with the world. The only thing that has to happen is that somebody, or in nature, I guess it happens naturally, is creating a space for that rose to receive its natural goodness from the rain, from the light. And when receiving the natural elements of, of, of how life uh, supports itself, the rose unfolds with grace and deeds to share its beauty with everyone. That same intelligence is living and working in us, too. But how many of us strain and stress ourselves trying to create something rather than allow it to be created naturally? There was a, a woman here last week that had um, had a burn on her arm, and she was talking about how she was leaving it open and and not covering it up so it could heal. And I was reminded of, you know, hearing something like 20 years ago of the story of, of Ernest Holmes and how he had cut his finger and someone was rushing to get him a Band-Aid and cover that up. And he looked at them and went, cover that up? Cover up the ability in this moment to watch the brilliance of the creative intelligence of the universe rush to assist me in this healing. That happens often with people that can be in a place of an amazing life is to want to put Band-Aids on things, isn't it? 
Yeah, you know what? Sometimes I think that's because either we lack the faith that there is inherent within us that that divine knower that knows how to do it better than we do, or we are simply we we live in such fear that uh, there's not enough of of uh, that natural good making itself available to us, whether that's through healing or through abundance. Oh, prosperity or, you know, any other area of our lives, we do tend to put band-aids on things. Mm-hmm. Well, for our, our nugget, our final nugget for this hour, um, Dennis, what is one of your, you know, favorite um, chapters of teaching that you would like to offer our audience today? I mean, you've given us such richness to think about, but what is one that you could leave us with today that we could ponder for the week? I would say the story, that one of the, the stories that resonates me to me the best is uh, the Buddha's teaching of the middle path, the middle way, where uh, Buddha is sitting in the forest meditating, trying to have his moment of enlightenment and he's he's starving himself he's malnourished he hasn't eaten he hasn't taken care of himself because he was striving for that spiritual uh, awareness that that bliss and he heard some argument going on in, in the woods beyond him and he drags himself over to a clearing and he sees two musicians uh, working playing with an instrument and one of them stringing it one says string it tighter 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 and the other says no looser 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 and says, if you string it too tight, the strings will break. And the other says, if you string it too loose, the, the strings will rattle. And one of them says, how about just in the middle, halfway? And Buddha heard that, and he said, that's it, the middle pathway. Not too much, not too little. Not too in, not too out, not too up, not too down. And when we strive to find that middle pathway in our lives, we find balance in all areas of our lives. We find balance between not being too much in the material world, but being okay with the material world, but also understanding that there's a spiritual aspect to us, to find the balance between our spiritual nature and our human nature, and to incorporate one into the other. Not that one's better than the other, but both are necessary to have the human experience. So just seek balance in your lives on a daily basis. Do some self-inquiry and see if you're out of balance in a place where you're obsessing in one area too much. I mean, it could be uh, on a, you're on such a radical diet that you're suffering from it. You're not meant to suffer. Find balance in all areas of your life, and you'd be amazed at how life will sustain you naturally when you do your part. And it in create it tends to create then a sense of more self acceptance, right? And and the ability to be gentle with yourself. That's a key for me is to not have that chatter of negativity or that self-critic going on anymore. I've really learned to outgrow that one. It's not effective. It doesn't serve me. Um, it's certainly not a high vibration to mm-hmm. complain and, and uh, talk bad about yourself because of something that can be just so silly. I think the longer I live, the greater sense of humor I <laughs> I have grown into. I laugh a lot, and I certainly have learned to laugh at myself because what can be that big that it's worth uh, taking your day, right? Yep. Yeah, we can't take ourselves too seriously. And yet at the same time, you know, we can, we can be serious about our lives, but we shouldn't take ourselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. We can be serious about our intent to, to find that middle path to, to find that sense of grounding as you said earlier you know bringing our our divinity into our human humanities jesus says i'm not in this world but i'm of it and understanding that there's room for both of those to become to be melded as one that makes life joyful absolutely yes So, can I steer my your listeners to my website? Please do. Thanks. The uh, the Art of Uncertainty, by the way, uh, was released on June 9th, and it's available on Amazon or through your major bookstores. Uh, 
that I've created a, a study guide for the art of uncertainty that you can download free on my website. And I'm also a blog, uh, have a column blog on uh, Huffington Post where people can visit me there. And uh, there's other f- downloads on my website as well as your, you can subscribe to my weekly e- e-messages uh, free as well. So I encourage you and invite you to join, join me, visit my website, and uh, take advantage of all the uh, information that's there, knowing that uh, you'll use it in good ways. DennisMerrittJones.com, that's the website, and I'm looking forward to some of those downloads myself because I can certainly use some of that material in my talks and in my speaking, and more importantly, as uh, being a student of life and just um, continuing to grow. And so as you are walking through this week and and, and living your life, um, take time if you feel... Uh, to be re-inspired to listen to this show once again and pick up some of these great ideas that Dennis has given us today on From Good to Amazing. I want to thank you for listening and being with us today, and we look forward to seeing you um, next Monday. Next Monday we'll be having David Friedman, a famous songwriter, composer, and also has been featured with Broadway many times. So thank you again for being with us. I'm Temple Hayes. Visit my website, templehayes.org, and come and visit us many times on Unity FM. Thank you for tuning in to From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Monday at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern for more tools to move your life from good to amazing. This program is brought to you in part by Temple Hayes Ministries online at www.templehays.org and First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. Online at www.unitycampus.org. How's life working for you? Would it be okay with you if it got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful, more vibrant? Join Reverend Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for spiritual coaching, creating a vibrant life. Each week, Carla visits with leading-edge coaches as they explore the sacred purpose and stunning results of this exciting and emerging coaching model. Together, they reveal the secrets and successes of this transformational process. Call in and join the discussion as Carla creates a safe and sacred space to dialogue about real life and real world transformations. That's Spiritual Coaching, Living a Vibrant Life with Reverend Carla McClellan. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready for the next steps on your spiritual path? If you are, you won't want to miss the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. Essential insights and practices from the ancient yoga science of self-realization show us how to live healthier, happier, more balanced lives. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and realize your infinite potential, tune in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. As Reverend Felicia Blanco Circe points out in her book, Do Greater Things, there is the potential for joy, 
wholeness and expansiveness designed into every moment. And the miracle is when we recognize the constant presence of these qualities all around us. Once we see what is possible, our lives then begin to change. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts. 